Come on. Well, how's everybody doing this morning? We're going to talk about struggles. And this morning, we're going to, I know that Pastor Zach uh, started out last week, I think it was on comparisons. And none of us compare each other to anybody, right? And so what happened in this series, we're tackling some different things that people struggle with. I don't know. If Because it's in my pocket? No, it's just it's a bad microphone? Okay, I'm going to keep doing Just put that on the stage. I'll grab it if I have to. But what I want to do is um, this morning, I'm going to talk about somewhat, something that none of us struggle with this morning. Actually, and it's something. But here's the prayer I want us to pray together. I'm going to read it, and then we're going to pray it out loud together. Is that all right? And it's in Psalms 139, verse 23 and 24. It says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. So pray this when we say, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor and go, this message is for you. And the person that you didn't want to talk to all service said, you too. Okay, so today it's tough. It's something that I don't, I I think today will be tough. Because of the struggle, and, and it's very important that we address it, and it's called gossip. How many of you have ever gossiped? Come on, raise your hand. My hair's standing up today because it did. Okay, listen to me. I have gossiped. Every one of us in this room have gossiped, right? Okay, two people agree with me. Okay, see, when I share, it's important that you talk back to me, okay? All right, so today we're going to, we, th- we think, you know, some of us, I'm just going to, go ahead and turn me off, Mark, on the thing. A lot of us think it's not a big deal that, um, that you know, everybody does it. But I found a, a, a quote by Rick Warren, and it says, when we're talking about a situation with somebody who neither is part of the problem or part of the solution, then we are possibly gossiping. Let's see what the Bible says. Actually, you can look at what the Bible says in Proverbs. Actually, the wisest man in the world, Solomon, had something to say about the word gossip. And it says this, there are six things the Lord hates. How many of you know that that might be not good? And he said, seven that are detestable to him. And I'm going to read verse 19, just the one I want to talk about this. He says, a false witness who pours out lies and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. God hates worship. He hates gossip. See, if you're you're a parent, how many of you know if someone gives a false report about one of your children, you're like mad? Come on. If someone talks about your children, I remember she's not here one, one morning, and, and one, of the, one of the kids, and when my little girl goes to school, it's a great school. But what happened is, is that she was there, and one of the kids said, and she's actually, my little girl's beautiful, okay? And he actually said she was ugly. Now, her brother's like two grades. Luke, I said, I paid him $100 to go make a hit. No. 
I didn't do that. I wanted to do that. But as a parent, I want to go point him out, baby. Because you know what? When, when daddy walks by him, I'm going to do a pimp slap on him. He don't know where it's going to come from. But, you know, as a parent, there's something that happens each time you gossip about someone else or they're, spent, or they're spending rumors. But can I tell you something? When people do that, they're spreading rumors about God's children. Hello? And he's a loving father who absolutely hates gossip. See, there's something attractive. Isn't there something attractive about the sin of gossip? You ever notice that? There's just something that draws people to gossip. It's just, it's like, you know, it's like, it's like a filet mignon sizzling. You know, I got to have some of that. I got to speak about that. I have an opinion about that. But see, what happens in Proverbs, here's Solomon again. He says, the words of gossip are like choice morsels. They go down to the innermost parts. And there's something sickening, enjoyable about the sin of gossip. Are y'all with me this morning? Just make sure you're going to talk back to me if I ask you. If sharing or reading online, gossip is an area of struggles for you. Let me just say this. Let's be honest. Some people are just drawn into it. You pull out people's phones and read things that they're saying about people and Facebook and all the different things, whatever they have, Twitter, all that stuff. Ask yourself, and I want you to answer this truthfully. Why do you participate in gossip? Why? What draws you to want to talk about? Maybe it makes you feel important. Maybe you kind of like, I'm in the know. I'm just in the know. I know it. And you, oh, that's all you know. Let me give you a little bit more, Marshall, here. You can chew on this. You see, what happens, sometimes we enjoy hearing dirt. Y'all are silent this morning. Why does a star, and I don't even know what the other ones are. I was in Walmart the other day getting some fishing bait for the men's fest and worms and night crawlers, and I was going through it. And I never, I mean, I never, but there was these magazines, and it was like, did you know, and it was like, did you know so-and-so is liking so-and-so? I'm like, what? Or did you know that she lost 55 pounds because she took this, she eats a snail? I'm like, this is stupid. But sometimes people feel better because they, they, what they, they, they feel bad about themselves, so they got to find something on someone else that makes them look good. So they gossip. Maybe we're just dissatisfied with our lives, and, and, and I really believe that this behavior is a reflection, really, of the depths of the sinful human heart of all of us sometimes. You said before you post it, comment, share it, or tell it, I want you to consider these questions. Is that all right? If you have a piece of paper and a pen, you need to write these things down. The first question you need to ask yourself is this. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Say it with me this morning. Say, is my conversation. Let's start over. Is my conversation helpful or hurtful? Okay, so we've looked at what Solomon said. Let's see, see what Paul says. He says this. He says, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building up others. In other words, if what you intended to communicate is not wholesome, don't type it, 
Don't tweet it and don't post it. Hello? And don't say it. As followers of Jesus, we want everything that we do to build up other people. That's what we should be doing. We should be pouring courage into people instead of talking behind their backs. If you can't say it in front of them, you have no business of saying it at all. See, I, I believe this. If as followers, and you know, here we go. Let's let's see what this Solomon's saying something again. He says, scoundrels create trouble. Their words are destructive. Blaze. In other words, they can burn you. And what happens, a troublemaker plants a seed of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. Is my conversation helpful or is it hurtful? We're really good at disguising gossip, aren't we? You ever do this? Like, you know, we, we disguise it. I've always admired her, but... What she said last week, let me tell you something. Or maybe something like, for years I've respected him, but let me tell you what I found out. Or you can go to prayer meetings. And someone can go to a prayer meeting and it turns into gossip. What do you mean, Pastor Baba? It can go, hey, you know what? We, and if your name's this, please forgive me. It's not you. You know what? We drove by Leroy's house last night. We need, I have a real burden. For his girlfriend, Megan. Actually, I've been praying for her. But, you know, last night I I saw Megan's car was there at 7 o'clock. Then I passed by about 1130 and her car was still there. I have a burden to pray for them. In fact, I was so burdened I passed by at 2 o'clock and her car was still there. And then I was getting ready to go to church. And I said, well, I've got such a burden. I just got to pass by. And her car was there at 730 this morning. We need to pray. I have a burden. She's, she's hanging out with her boyfriend too long. And you know what? And overnight. Pray for Bob. He's, he's been talking to that woman in accounting just too long. Hey, you know, I saw Jen last night. And, you know, we need to pray for her. She was boozing it at the club last night. Let me just say, if you're going to request prayer, do in a way that doesn't make others look bad. Let me just say this statement, and I want to say it. This is important. Everything that you say should be true, but not everything that is true must be said. Hello? If you have a burden to pray for someone, hey, we, we need to pray for Billy, Bro, Billy Bob because, you know what, he's far from God, and I'm believing that he would draw closer to God. That's all you have to say. Hello? Y'all with me? You see, the second thing, am I making private matters public? In other words, Proverbs says like this, it is foolish to belittle one's neighbor. A sensible person keeps, let me just say this, it says quiet, keeps his mouth, his trap shut. Pastor Bubba's version. Just keep your, just, just keep your trap shut. You know, a gossip goes around telling secrets. But those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. You know, I, I, have, a, I have someone that I, I know, and, I was, and it's a guy that he was helping this couple, and this, this man came, and he confessed that he had, he, had, he, he had committed adultery on his wife. And so his wife, he shared with his pastor, and they went to his wife, and they shared, and, 
And she said, I, I, I really want to work it out. So the pastor and his wife began to really minister to this couple, get them to the place and begin to heal their marriage. And things begin to get really good. And they said, look, we want to get into a smaller group of trusted friends and, and, and just so you guys be able to share your story and just be able to minister to other people. So they gathered at this group and the pastor reminded me, look, whatever we say here, it just stays right here in this group. It's confidential. And so as they began to share a couple of weeks, you know, one couple said, you know, when they began to share what happened to them, they, they actually shared that way they experienced that in their own marriage and how God had healed them and helped them and encouraged them. And they were just there encouraging them. Well, right after that meeting, one of the ladies that was in the group, they're supposed to keep confidence, posted, on, posted to her friend on Facebook. And she goes, you know, it was at my life group tonight, and we need to really pray for Bob and Sue. That's not their name. And Bob had an affair on Sue. And actually, it was with one of the assistants at work. And we really need to pray for them. To the horror of that woman that was trying to work out her marriage, she goes to Facebook, and she sees his post. How would you feel? She goes, I can't. I can't go to the baseball park. I can't go to the soccer field. Everybody's going to know who I am. Three days later, she filed for divorce. Look at me. Adultery didn't kill that marriage. Gossip did. Gossip. You see, I believe this. I'm going to, you know, if you're going to talk about someone you know, I'm not going to be a part of, of gossip. What I'm going to be a part of is I want to protect others. Hello? I want to protect others. Not only that, but I also want to protect myself. I want people as a pastor, and Pastor Zach is a pastor, we want you to know that you can, you can trust us, and we're not going to have loose lips. There was an old motto in World War II, loose lips sink ships. And, lo- and we, we want you to come to us in confidence that you can, or Claire, or my wife, or anybody that's in ministry or a leader, you can come in confidence, and that stays right there. Are you hearing me? Because the last thing in the world that you want someone to do is you want us to post about you, write a book about you, tell people about you. Here, you know, you know I'm going to listen to Pastor Zach while he was in England, and you hear him talking about your story in England. You don't want that. There has to be confidence. Amen? See, Proverbs says it like this. When arguing with your neighbor, don't betray another person's secret. Others may accuse you of gossip, and you will never again gain a good reputation. In other words, go ahead. Let me just say this. Go ahead, stick your feet out tonight, this morning. Stick them out. Stick your shoes out. Okay, put them on the floor. Don't stick them out. When okay. Because if I haven't stepped on your toes yet, I'm fixing to step on your toes really hard. And I brought heels this morning. Because if this doesn't get you, I believe this next point I want to talk to you about is so important. You know, I want, and I want to step really hard on you this morning. Man, you're a mean pastor. No, I'm not. I'm a loving pastor that wants to help you this morning. Amen? Amen. See, am I permitting others to gossip? That's the third point. See, Proverbs says, like, wrongdoers eagerly listen to gossip. 
Liars pay close attention to slander. In other words, it's not only wrong to dish it out, it's also wrong to eat it up. Are y'all normally this quiet? Only when you're getting stepped on. I hadn't heard of ouch yet. Anyway. Because I heard when someone ouches out in the crowd sometimes, it's like D.L. Moody said, if you throw a brick in a pack of dogs, whichever one yelps is the one you hit. I'm not calling you a dog. I, got, I went to church and that Pastor Zach's daddy called me a dog. No, I'm not, I didn't. See, what you permit, look at me, what you permit, you promote. What you listen to and you eat on, you digest. Not only will I not do it, that's what you need to say, but I won't hang around those who do. Let me ask you a question. How many of you know that Crowley is not known as a place where people gossip? I remember one time when we were starting to church, my wife let me know someone was going around Jennings and saying that, you can help me out, baby, if I go off wrong. Someone thought that, me and Miss Tracy met, and she had children, and I married her. And they, all those kids weren't really mine. They were hers, except Luke and Libby. And I'm like, and she told me that, and I'm like, who said that? Hello. I also had a rumor that, you know, Pastor Bubba's good looking. I wanted to believe that one, but anyway. Isn't it amazing? It's like you ever do that where you whisper in someone's ear? And you tell and someone tells us, so you ever play that game and whatever comes out, you know, we're gonna buy five matches, and by the end it's like we're gonna set the house on fire. Anyway. But what happens is gossip goes further than you want it to go, and it has more damage than you really want to see it happen, and sometimes it lingers longer than it really needs to stay. You see, I've learned this. If, if there's four approaches to handling gossip, let me give them to you. Number one is subtle. When someone starts gossiping, this is what you need to say. I'm not feeling very comfortable with this conversation. I'm just not feeling comfortable with it. Or you can be caring. If Jim knew you were talking about them, I think that might hurt them. And then also you can go very biblical on them. Come on. Some of you have been waiting on that one. If you have a problem, maybe you should go directly to Proverbs chapter so-and-so because it says, gossips God hates. See, if, if those three don't work, let me just go directly to that person. Hello, if you keep talking about others, I'm not hanging out with you, and I'm also going to tell them what you said. I had a guy, he's gone on to be with the Lord. He was helping us build one of our buildings in Jennings. And he started gossiping about my pastor, Pastor Jacob. And I, right there, I just go, ah, stop. I said, let me tell you something. Number one, that's not true. Number two, I've been with Pastor Jake. Now I've been with Pastor Jake maybe 36 years. Back then, it was 20-something years. I go, I've known Pastor Jacob for 20-something-wide years. I've been there when he's humbled himself before people. I've been there. I've prayed with him. I've wept with him. I've seen him weep. He's a humble man. And what you think you saw or what you think you heard is not even true. And by the way, 
if you don't call him in the next 15 minutes and tell him what you've been saying to him about him, I'm calling him. Got real quiet in here. And you know the cool thing is? It scared the jahibis out of him. He called Pastor Jacob. They, he got it right. Got the real story. Hello. And all, all things were well. You see, listen to me very closely. If someone will gossip to you, they're going to gossip about you. What do you mean? See, when you are saying something constructive, you, you should say it in front of people. There are times when you can talk about people when it's constructive. Then you're going to help someone. You're going to miss. I do this all the time. Hey, man, I was talking behind your back yesterday. Really? What did you say? I said, man, we, we, we were trying to help you. Or if it's someone that it's like in a, and you know, when everyone, when there's a conversation, you just want to help someone. Maybe they're going to a treatment center or they're having a problem in their marriage struggle or, what, or, or, or just things that are happening or walking from God. That's where you can talk to them. Hey, man, let's, get, let's go call Bill because we need to help him because you know what? He's in a difficult moment in his life and we need to reach out to him. In fact, we need to go to his house right now, you and me together. Are you hearing me? You know, one of the greatest things I had happened last week. We had a guy named Marcus, and I'm going to tell you his name, and he'll listen on tape. We actually sent him the teen challenge. He's doing great. He came, and he said, I was looking for you, and Pastor, Pastor Bubba, I was looking for you or Pastor Josh. He said, because he brought his girlfriend, and he says, I just want to let you know. And he brought, I invited him to my office. He goes, I remember this couch. I go, why do you say that? Because I remember sitting on this couch and you looking at me and saying, and I'm me telling you, I ain't going there and I don't need it. And I looked at it and he said, and you looked at me and he said, shut up. You haven't listened to anybody and you need to go. The biggest problem is you keep listening to yourself rather than other people. And he goes, I'll never forget that couch. And thank you for talking to me like I, because I needed it. I have 48 days so I graduate teen challenge program. And the first thing I'm going to do when I graduate, I'm, and his girlfriend was right there, I'm going to marry Danielle. But most of all, Thank you for speaking in my life and telling me the truth. Because of that, I'm serving God today. Those are the kind of people you want to help, isn't it? Everyone who wants to live godly, a godly life, eventually you're going to be persecuted. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You see, don't, don't be shocked by this. Don't be discouraged by it. Don't be overwhelmed by it. Expect it. I heard someone say, the longer you serve the Lord, everything that they did to Jesus eventually happened to you. Well, somebody got an amen. You don't have to do anything wrong to be persecuted. You just keep doing things right. When someone says something cool about you, because of your faith, don't be ashamed. Instead, thank God for being that you belong to Jesus. As you're led and enabled by the Spirit of God, let me just wrap this up, okay? Either you respond in love or you realize that you don't have, always have to respond. Ultimately, God is your defender. How many of you know God's your defender? And, and if you live with see, yes, it's really tough when other people shoot at you. Come on. Believe me, I understand. All of us want to be liked by others, don't we? Y'all don't? I do. 
You see, if you're like me, it all, look, you can go to the Internet. And isn't it crazy that, that you, people are having all these likes about what you said, what you did? Come on. You like that, don't you? You know that when you get likes on your computer or on your phone, it sends off endorphins. It's almost like, it's like a, a narcotic where it kinda, you kind of go, whew. I mean, I know when people come to church and they're, they're hopped up on likes. Whoo! Oh, 100 likes. Don't worry about if you're liked. Know that you're loved by God. You're loved by God. And see, here's the thing. You see, have you ever noticed this? Like, you can have all these great comments. You can have a thousand, but there's one bad comment. Hello? And you're so, you can't even receive all those because you're thinking about the one bad. Quit worrying about what people think about you and begin to go, you know what, that really doesn't matter because I already know what God thinks about me. If you're living for people's approval, you'll always be disappointed. But if you're living for God's approval, let me tell you, it doesn't matter what people say. Don't be obsessed with what people say. Be obsessed with what God thinks about you. The Bible says that God's thoughts toward you are like the grains of sand. God's got the hairs on your head numbered. Even if you're follically challenged at this moment in your life, he still knows how many you have left. But the bottom line is you have to embrace the truth. Your words matter. My words matter. Your words speak an incredible, important they're, they're incredibly important. And look at me. And your words are powerful. You see, let me just wrap this up with Matthew. A scripture I read to you, and I'm going to put it to close. Matthew 12, 36, 37. But I tell you that everyone will have to give account on the day of judgment for every empty word they have spoken. How many of you would like to take some words back right now after reading that? It, that, for by your words you will be acquitted or by your words you will be condemned my words and your words have the power of life and death the Bible says life and death are in the tongue our words have the power to encourage someone or discourage someone I want to be caught speaking well of others. I want to be caught speaking for people and not against them. I want to believe the best rather than assume the worst. You know, we serve the, we serve the God of good news. Amen? I'm a former sinner, sinner that was saved by grace. One thing I can remember as a kid, I was always good with my words. Okay? Most of the time I was just loud. I can remember being in church and my mom, we, you know, me and my brother playing Hot Wheels on the, on the church pew. And my mom used to have the claw. Mom, you know what the claw is, right? She had those fingernails they filed really good. And there's a reserve just for you when you're in a bad spot. In the grocery store or at church. And she was like, and I never forget, she put that claw on me one time right here on the skin right back. You know what I'm talking about? That tender part. And she squeezed. And I mean, we were in church and went, ow, that hurt. 
she did it. The claw. Remember as a kid, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Boy, isn't that a lie? Because I sat across from people many times. And it's the words, it was what they were said to them when they were young. They by a friend, by a relative, or even a mom and dad in anger or frustration. You know, the greatest thing that you and I can do is just make a commitment saying, God, let me have words of life. Life. You know, when I was battling cancer, and I'm done after this, I promise. Pastor Villem, that I think, has Pastor Villem been here? One time, okay. One of my best friends. But isn't it amazing how God uses people? He had a thing called Gilliam Barre. Wrote a book called, he's written several books. And what happened is, I remember him looking at me. He said, Bubba, whatever you do while you're walking through this, just say, God, I believe for your life, life, life. Your life touched me. Don't allow death to get a hold of me. And I watched him battle it. Because sometimes the greatest thing we can do is God gives us examples that people walk through things. And we can see how they walk through it and give us strength by their words of their encouragement or them pouring courage into us. That's what encouraged me. You literally pour courage into someone. And God used him. And you know that the incredible privilege that I've had is as I've walked through cancer, I have none in my body right now. Thank God for that. It's a miracle. I shouldn't even be up here. But you know what? God's given me the ability to pour courage into other people when they've had times of trial and difficulty. Listen, maybe you came in here this morning and someone said something about you that wasn't even true. Maybe those words were not words of life, but they were words of death. It wasn't good news. It was bad news. But I'm here today to let you know, just as an ambassador, I'm just representing the kingdom. All right? If I pull out a card this morning, say ambassador for the kingdom. God's worldwide network. I just so happen to work for it. God loves every one of you here this morning. And you can't allow the words of gossip or past wounds dictate what you are today and what you will be tomorrow. Because, see, listen, God gives us hope for tomorrow. Amen? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes this morning? And, Father, I thank you for everyone here this morning. And, Lord, I thank you for your words that bring life. Father, I thank you that on this earth, people are looking for their purpose, why they're here. And God, you've literally rescued many people here this morning. But Lord, I don't believe that you're just here to rescue people. I believe you're here to restore people. And Lord, that not only would you restore them to give them a purpose, But, God, you will renew their minds and their hearts to give them a hope for their future. No one looking around. No one. You say, Pastor Bubba, I'm here this morning. I really don't have a hope. I haven't been renewed. I need God. I came this morning because I need 
I need the power that Jesus gives and he promises. The Bible says this, if you deny me before man, I'll deny you before my father in heaven. Here's an opportunity that you can say this morning that you can be brutally honest and say, God, this is where I'm at. I need you. I'm tired of me. I've done my best and look what's happened. How's that working for you? But I'm here this morning. I want to trust Jesus with my whole heart. I want all of him. See, if you want all of God, you got to be willing to give all of you. Don't want to look around and say, Pastor, Boy, would you pray for me? I want to give my life to Jesus this morning and trust him wholeheartedly. That's me this morning. Just raise your hand. And I'll pray with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Thank you in the back. Let me put it down. Thank you right there. Anyone else? Thank you. Put it down. Anyone else? Just give you a moment. Thank you. God loves you. God loves you and he's for you. And he wants to pour his life and his forgiveness into your heart. Can we all pray this prayer together? Say, dear Jesus. Come on, say it with me, everybody. Everybody. Say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe on the cross you took my guilt, my shame, and my sin. You died for it. I believe you faced hell for me so I wouldn't have to go. You rose from the dead to give me a place in heaven, a purpose on earth, and a relationship with your Father. Today I turn away from my sin to be born again. I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.